I'm Joshua Kagi from The Christian Citizen, and this is episode 28 of Justice, Mercy, Faith. In this episode, the Reverend Margaret Markusen shows us how to see a miracle when we're exhausted. And the Reverend Dr. Corey Fields digs into Bob Dylan's Ring Them Bells, which, despite its apocalyptic hints, there's something else there which reminds him of the place of the church in turbulent times. The Reverend Margaret Markusen helps ministers do their work without wearing out or burning out through ministry coaching, presentations, and online resources, which can be found at margaretmarcusen.com. I've talked with dozens of pastors over the last four or five months about how they and their churches have adapted to the coronavirus pandemic. They've created virtual worship. They've learned Zoom. They've found people to edit video or learned how to do it themselves. Now they're tired. And instead of a break, they're dealing with church members who are pressing for in-person worship or conversely don't want to talk about it at all, even to make a future plan for gathering again. And of course, it's not over by any means. A widely available vaccine is months out at best. The deeper economic implications will be years long, and the financial fallout for churches has yet to be seen fully. You may feel like you've moved from a sprint to a marathon. What's a leader to do? A marathon is exhausting. Instead, consider slowing down to a brisk walk. Slow down a little. When you walk, you make progress and you exercise your body. You also have time to look around you. I found that a lovely way to connect in person in this isolated time, to wave and say hello from six safe feet away. In the summer, there are flowers. People are walking their dogs. It's uplifting. In her recent book, Keep It Moving, artist and choreographer Twyla Tharp writes about the importance of movement. She's 78 and still moving and still creating. She suggests looking for a daily miracle. Practice this. Each day, expect one miracle, one instance of elegance or beauty from the world. It's your right. It helps your brain stay active by anticipating something special. For people of faith, it's a wonderful way to live. You have to slow your pace down a bit to notice. Rather than rushing from task to task or Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting, it doesn't have to be a big miracle. Tharp notices when someone uses a word she hasn't heard before, the miracle being an expanded vocabulary. Or here's an even bigger miracle. I heard an amazing story recently from Reverend Zach Bay of First Baptist Church of Middlesboro, Kentucky. For weeks after they shut down in-person worship, he invited members to meet him one at a time and in household groupings outside the church building. The individuals and families, one per day, then rang the church bell as a witness to their community. He then posted the pictures on their Facebook page as a way to maintain connection among members. 
These small and bigger miracles are ways to keep yourself going. Your brain is designed to notice the negative. It's a survival tool. It takes extra attention to keep walking along this path, to slow down a bit, to tune your brain, to see the positive, the miracles you will begin to notice. What are the miracles you've seen in the last months? What about yesterday? What about today? The Reverend Dr. Corey Fields is Senior Pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Newark, Delaware. Here he is with his essay, Ring Them Bells, The Church as a Megaphone of Hurt and Hope. No one could ever call me a Bob Dylan fan, but I was introduced to his song, Ring Them Bells, when I first heard a fantastic cover of it by Sarah Jarose. The original was part of Dylan's 1989 album, Oh Mercy, and Jarose covered it in her 2011 album, Follow Me Down. It's a richly poetic song with plenty of biblical references and allusions. The first verse of the song says, Ring them bells, ye heathen, from the city that dreams. Ring them bells from the sanctuaries, cross the valleys and streams. For they're deep and they're wide, and the world's on its side, and time is running backwards, and so is the bride. A lot of observers have pointed to the apocalyptic hints in the song, and those are certainly there. It talks about the few judging the many, quote, when the game is through, references to the four winds, just to name a few examples. But there's something else I hear in the song that speaks to why I like it. It reminds me of the place of the church in turbulent times. I was blessed and fortunate in my spiritual upbringing. Church was a good place. I felt safe and accepted there. Church bells rang from the steeple on Sunday mornings and afternoons. And living in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia, I quite literally heard the bells from the sanctuaries across the valleys and streams. By the time I was in college, I had become passionate about the church's role in offering hope and healing to a broken world and decided to make it my life's work. Of course, I would soon learn the painful truth that those bells do not sound so pleasant to others' ears. Soon I would learn more of the pain, rejection, and even abuse that those bells might characterize for some. Soon I would learn more of those who have not been given any reason to believe that those bells ring for them. However, as Dylan's lyrics suggest, the bells must ring for these too. The song says, ring them bells, sweet Martha, for the poor man's son, for the child that cries when innocence dies. The bells announce not just the church's message of hope and healing, but they must also announce the church's own repentance and shortcomings. The song goes on, ring them bells so the world will know that our God is one, for the shepherd is asleep where the willows weep and the mountains are filled with lost sheep. At all times, but these times in particular, the church has a sacred role and opportunity to be the community's megaphone, giving voice not only to hope and healing, but also to hurt and pain. Nehemiah gathered people together not just to offer hope, but to make sure their nobles and officials heard of their hardship. This is in Nehemiah 5. 
Jesus not only healed a man's shriveled hand, but called out the people who preferred he do it on another day. Luke 6. Jesus both raised Lazarus and cried with those who were grieving in John chapter 11. So we ring them bells, but sometimes as the ones calling out and amplifying what's going on. As Dylan's lyrics go, ring them from the fortress for the lilies that bloom. Oh, the lines are long and the fighting is strong and they're breaking down the distance between right and wrong. We're living in historic times. Important though the church's regular rhythms of worship and gathering are, we cannot be completely consumed with the details of our live stream and reopening cleaning protocols, etc. Our country is embattled and wounded by many things all at once, and we are living what may prove to be a pivot point in our country's history. The sun is going down upon the sacred cow, Dylan's lyrics say. When the story of our days is retold, how will the church appear in the story? We already know one unfortunate part of that answer. We already know that some will be remembered for excusing or even praising immorality, corruption, and the traumatization of the already poor and desperate. We already know that some have traded in their witness for victories in the culture wars. We already know that some who proudly wear the label pro-life seem confoundingly unmoved by lots of dead bodies due to gun violence, immigration policies, or COVID-19. But so long as the church can find its footing and build its house on the rock, this will not be the whole story, nor even the most consequential part. I offer an urgent hope. More than anything, I want it to be said that the church showed up, that the church was there. I want people to say that they heard the church and the church heard them. I want to be able to say that we rang them bells. I know that for many pastors and church leaders, it has been draining just to figure out some of the basics in the midst of this pandemic. So this doesn't have to be a whole new challenge. I think we can view this simply. Show up, hear people, amplify their voices, offer encouragement, hope, and prayer. When struggle is deep, when the world's on its side and time is running backwards, it can be surprisingly simple to offer a reminder of the grace and presence of God. Think of the opportunities. Are there homeless among us? We could eat with them. Are there frontline and essential workers among us feeling overburdened or forgotten? We could offer them a space to vent, cry, and pray. Are there immigrants among us struggling even more or communities of color disproportionately affected by COVID-19? We could hear and reshare their stories. Are there elderly or others among us dealing with crippling isolation? We could call them, write them, visit them safely, or leave a small gift on their doorstep? Are there parents among us exhausted and needing respite? We could offer help and encouragement. Are there local businesses among us struggling? We could patronize them and leave a note of prayer and encouragement in the process. Are there protests in our area? We could be there with nourishment 
and encouragement to stay peaceful and civil. The lines are long. The fighting is strong. So let's ring them bells. That concludes this episode of Justice, Mercy, Faith. Thank you to this week's guests, the Reverend Margaret Markusen and the Reverend Dr. Corey Fields. Our theme music is Believable 2 by Peter Sandberg. The Christian Citizen is edited by Curtis Ramsey Lucas and is a publication of the American Baptist Home Mission Societies. The show, website, and newsletter are produced by myself, Joshua Kagi. Stories are copy edited by Hannah Estefanos. Our art director is Danny Ellison. The Christian Citizen editorial board is Dr. Jeffrey Hagre, Laura Alden, Susan Gottschall, Dr. Jeffrey Johnson, the Reverend Salvador Oriana, the Reverend Dr. Marilyn Turner Triplett, and the Reverend Cassandra Carcuff Williams. And our advisors are Sherilyn Crow, the Reverend Kimberly Payton Jones, the Reverend Stephen D. Martin, the Reverend Marvin A. McMichael, and the Reverend Harold Dean. To learn more about The Christian Citizen, visit our website, christiancitizen.us. That concludes this episode of Justice, Mercy, Faith. Thanks for listening.